When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. I'm Raleigh James, and in the pandemic, a lot of people are finding a lot of ways to save money. Well, and occasionally you hear about, I just saved a fortune, I dropped most of my insurance coverage. Oh, it sounds tempting, but it can be the road to hell for sure. On the other hand, Jeff Arnold, who has been in the insurance business for a number of years and has his agency in Tucson, added it up one day and discovered that his premiums over a 20-year period would be Oh, roughly the cost of a house and its furnishings, some cars, sending the kids to college. And that's when he thought, you know, there's got to be a better way. So I figured we'd talk about what to do and more to the point, what not to do. Because sometimes those stories, while not funny to the person involved, tend to be the most hilarious to the rest of us. So, Jeff, welcome to WGN Radio. Thank you so much, Riley. I'm excited about uh, being with you tonight and, and looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, it's interesting because I have heard a lot. I've even seen it as the theme of television shows of people during the pandemic think, well, i got to find a way to save money, so I'll just drop my insurance coverage, and then, of course, the house burns down or, or what have you. So I think there are probably some lines that maybe can go, at least temporarily, and some that, man, you'd better not let go of this. So let's start with the biggies. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great viewpoint, right? So uh, everyone is always looking to save money. Uh, and when it comes to uh, insurance, it's, it, there may be a deep knowledge about it. There might not be. And so there's this confusion about, uh, you know, what can I keep? What should I keep? And then you wrap up, that up with a nice bowl on top that says, to most people, insurance is just boring and something that they have to have, right? Um, so, yeah, let's, let's kind of unpack that, right? Uh, uh, how can we teach your listeners to save? money on insurance, all types of insurance, uh, and what are some good uh, ticks, trips, sorry, tips and tricks along the way uh, to help beat the insurance companies? Yeah, and you know, price is what you pay, value is what you get. So you see a lot of people advertising the cheapest deal in town, but ultimately that might be the most expensive deal going. And of course, there's a variety of insurance, but uh, I'll hog you for a moment and talk about the things that, that really get to me. And, uh, sure. And one of them is 
underinsured motorist protection. Now, if you look at your insurance lines, other than perhaps liability, this is the priciest insurance you're going to buy if you're covered to the hilt. And the reason you've got to have it is the myth of mandatory insurance. They say everybody's got to be insured. Now, never mind the people who buy nothing at all. But the mandatory minimums won't even replace a decent car on the road, let alone take care of everything involved in the accident. So we, the law-abiding and somewhat responsible citizens, are just taking it on the yin-yang with what it costs us for underinsured motorists. And of course, no politician in their right mind is going to campaign on we're going to raise minimums. But on the other hand, what we have now is a joke. There is no mandatory insurance. I have met a kindred soul tonight. (laughs) So, uh, yes, uh, in agreement completely. And I could spend the entire show talking about uh, really quite frankly, horror stories of the exact line item of coverage that you're talking about, right? Yeah. Um, just just one-off incidents where people, uh, uh, you, you get into an Uber and you think, well, Uber's going to cover you, but <laughs> what if someone else hits that Uber? Their, their coverage isn't there, and if that person just has minimum limits and you don't have underinsured motorists or uninsured motorists, good luck, right? I mean, you can't sue Uber. Uh, you can't sue the person because if he can't afford his insurance, what, you know, what are you going to get from him, right? So it, you've touched on a wonderful um, uh, product line of insurance, of auto insurance called underinsured motorists. So that, that gives me – I'm smiling inside knowing that you dig that deep into it. Well, it's it's one of those things, again, where if you look at it line by line, it's about the priciest coverage. But the other thing is years ago I was involved in depositions for a variety of things, and it's one thing when somebody's just trying to replace a car. It's another thing when somebody is injured for life, is going to have medical payments that are completely out the yin-yang, and has absolutely no idea, because they didn't have underinsured motorists, that they're getting nothing. It's, it's almost criminal it's so bad. And it's amazing to me that this isn't a topic of public discussion, and rarely do you hear it. It's true. And I, uh, you know, as we're talking, uh, a very recent case uh, uh, bubbled up to mind. It happened in my firm, right? Sure. So I'll, I'll withhold the names, of course, and the insurance company names, but I'll, I'll set the stage briefly what happened. Um, in Arizona, where I live, uh, uh, um, you imagine a, a highway with just not divided, but it's got, um, you know, the, there's lines uh, dividing the highway. Mm-hmm. A dump truck. Right, so you would imagine, oh, it's a commercial truck, uh, everything's fine. The dump truck pa- uh, crosses over the median and hits our client. Um, you would think, oh, it's a business, everything's fine. Well, uh, the, the business that owned the dump truck uh, had not made the payments. The dump truck was uninsured. The business was uninsured. Um, and then, of course, what are you going to get from the driver, really? Not, not a lot. And so here's our client who... Uh, it's actually the spouse of our client because our client becomes deceased in this horrible accident. Oh my God. Um, and and um, you know the, there there is no bright uh, shining silver lining in all of it, but the uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage in the amount of a half a million, which our client wisely purchased, at least helped the spouse recover. Some you know financially anyway, not in, in any other way, emotionally, physically, uh, uh, and from a love standpoint. But that's a very real example of where uninsured and underinsured comes into play. Um, you know, how many uh, dump trucks or how many even just cars on the other side of the road coming at you 
have no insurance. Well, in Arizona, it's about 30%. In California, it's higher, right, depending on where you live. And so it's a, it's a very, very uh, real, important subject matter. But also, it's, again, it's an insurance, so it's really easy for people to go to sleep on these kind of things. Yeah, it's interesting. Again, the uninsured protection is not very pricey when you look at the lines for that. And while, yeah, the numbers are quite high, really, it's the underinsured that's getting people because it is pricey. And it's easy to say, well, I don't need that much coverage. And on the other hand, you're actually paying for what other people don't have because the minimums are a joke. And I can't think of any of the 50 states, certainly not Illinois, where this has become a hot issue. And when we're talking about saving money, this would be huge if your underinsured premium was the same as your uninsured premium. It, it absolutely would. Um, and the reason why it is so expensive, let's, let's argue on the side of insurance companies now, um, is because uh, if there's a claim and that is drawn against, it's sure. probably going to be policy limits. And what we mean by that for your, for your listeners is whatever your policy limits are that you purchase, um, usually on an underinsured claim, uh, the check's getting rent for probably the full amount because it's, it's probably there's no other insurance anywhere else. There's a fatality or the, the damages, the, the bodily injury is so bad, so grave and so dire that, you know, no, nobody's going to shy away from trying to get out for 10, 20, 30 cents on the dollar. They're going to write the check for the full amount. And so, uh, you know, my book's about how to beat the insurance company, but on the insurance company side, with the subject matter you're talking about, if it's an underinsured claim, they're right for the full amount most of the time. Mm-hmm. Consequently, that line item costs more to the insured. Sure, it makes all the sense in the world, and I'm not faulting the insurance company whatsoever. They've got teams of actuaries figuring this stuff out, and they've got a state insurance commissioner stopping them from doing completely nefarious things. But here, I'm sure the insurance company would also be on the side of saying, we've got to raise the minimums, but of course, that's not a good PR position for any of them. So meanwhile, we're, we're stuck with this, and uh, it's, it's just one of the many things. Now, I love, and I'm sure in your agency you run across this, people who think that they're gaming the company by, well, I didn't tell them where I really live and they took my policy or I didn't tell them this and they took my policy. And I kind of laugh and I'm like, yeah, and if you have a bad accident, all they'll do is refund your premium because they won't have to pay out. So with that in mind, how many people are functionally uninsured because they haven't really told the truth? True. Uh, the, you used the word nefarious, I think, at the beginning of the conversation, and uh, there are nefarious actors afoot on both sides, right? Sure. So, uh, absolutely, on the on the insured or the policyholder side, um, what what is perceived to be well, just a small misrepresentation because I'm going to say I live in a rural area because you know the insurance company has plenty of money. I don't want to pay them. So uh, I happened to be traveling into Chicago when I listed you know, Rockford or whatever um, on my application. Well, you know, any misrepresentation and a material misrepresentation by lying about your address, which you see as misrepresenting, but it's lying, um, is, you know, the ability for the insurance company to get off that claim. Sure. Right. So it's uh, yeah, it a- absolutely happens. And I don't know the question, the answer to the data you asked. I wonder what the true uninsured motorist rate is if you factor in the fraud piece there. That's uh, 
You've piqued my curiosity, and I don't know the answer to that. Well, and it's interesting. I think if it's the the garden variety fender bender, uh, nothing nothing's probably going to happen. But when they hit the busload full of school kids and nuns, that's when it's in the insurance company's best interest to find out is this policy totally on the up and up, and uh, it, it behooves them to do that, and they will. But it's interesting to me the number of people who think that if their payment is accepted, then by golly, they're insured, and nothing could be further than the truth. It, it's true, and, and, and for your listeners, if you think about this, right, um, most insurance companies want to pay what they rightfully owe. They're in the business of keeping your premium dollars and keeping you insured and making sure anybody you hit is, is made whole, not lottery winnings whole or pay off all your credit cards whole, but made whole, right? But a series of actions are set into motion the moment you hang up from filing that claim, be it with your own insurance company or someone who hit you. And those motions, those actions, those activities are really, okay, how do we not get gamed here? We want to pay this as fast as we can because we, you know, we're, we're good business and we want to keep our ratings up. Uh, and, and we want um, you know, to feel good from our policyholders and anyone they hit. But there are behind-the-scenes activities that are, are just checkboxes for, could this be fraud? Does it smell like fraud? Does it look like fraud? Does, is it fraud, right? And so, yeah. unfortunately, that is woven into every part of the claims process now because of the, the few bad actors. You betcha. We're talking to Jeff Arnold, how to beat your insurance company. I've got a link on Raleigh.net to a good price from Amazon. I guarantee you, you will see something in this book that will save you. It may not be money. It may be, but it may be just something that, gee, you haven't told your agent that you probably didn't even think mattered. Whoa. So we'll, we'll get into that. You can also check out JeffArnold.com and you can give us a call. 888-876-5593-8888, R-O-L-L-Y-E on WGN Radio. Take out some insurance on me, baby. Well, I don't think they cover that kind of coverage, but 1959 on VJ, it didn't chart. Yeah, I should have taken out some insurance. It would be a hit, but I liked it anyway. We're talking to Jeff Arnold, jeffarnold.com, and the book is How to Beat Your Insurance Company. Already lining up with calls, including Graham, but 888-876-5593. I'm going to hog Jeff for another couple minutes here because uh, things have changed, obviously, since you got in the game. But one of the things, Jeff, is the age-old fight of, uh, I'm talking about auto insurance here, uh, they're going to total my car and I want them to rebuild it, 
right? You've heard this one before. Now, it used to be you'd say, well, if you've got a great agent, that agent's really going to fight for you, and maybe you'll, you'll get what you want. Is that even possible anymore? Does it matter how good your agency agent is, or is it just a matter of this is their actuarial form and that's what you get? Yeah, so there's, uh, in everything, it's not completely black and white. There are these uh, shades of gray, if I can use that tired statement. Um, And so, you know, especially in companies where you're not calling an 800 number uh, and that you have a relationship with with an agent who who has some standing in the community and knows you, um, you're not going to be able to argue for 50% more or 20% more. But if you're in, you know, look, if you hit, just take a Lexus these days, a small little fender bender, um, that's seven to 10 grand just to, just to replace the, the, the whatever. Mm-hmm. If you say, well, but I had this different kind of camera in there. It's, I really need 11. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> the shorter answer is yes, it's absolutely possible with, uh, uh, the human component, but if you're into a one eight hundred number or you're filing a claim online with with a company, a lot of times it's it's just a, a process driven workflow that is devoid of uh, human thought processes. Yeah. Sometimes, for lack of a better word, um, so yeah, possible if you have an agent or if you have someone to argue on your behalf at at a company. Now, if you have an agent, are do you have more clout if your agent works directly for the company, or is it better if you got an independent guy? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's so many good points. Uh, the the captive agent, as we call them, right. uh, who work just for one company, it, it, you know, it's a very tried and true business model, and 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 it's a it's a great relationship between their agents and and the company. Conversely, the independent agent model, which is a, an agency that might represent twenty, thirty, fifty different companies, mm-hmm. um, it's in that business model. It's really the eighty twenty rule anyway. 80% of the businesses with 20% of their carriers, and so they have some clout too. And so it's, I'm not trying to be nebulous. It's tough to say which is going to get you a better result, the independent agent or the captive side. I have a lot of deep respect for both both business models. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the 800 number, and we'll pick it up there because I am always flummoxed that they have ads that are so cute and friendly, and you call an 800 number, and I'm thinking, and what good is this? We're talking to <laughs> Jeff Arnold, How to Beat Your Insurance Company is the book. I've got a link at Raleigh.com net to a good price from amazon or you can check out jeffarnold.com or better yet you can call us 888-876-5593-8888 raleigh on wgn radio bet you never thought that i would stick by you girl about you, girl, cause I'm a guy who thinks for himself, I won't be told by nobody else, and I won't be taken in, and I know that you're surprised, that you thought I'd walk away when they call you a bad girl. about you, girl, you, girl, cause I know how bad talk can slip from the tongues of the jealous lips, and I won't be taken in, and I know that you're surprised, hey girl, I love you. WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. That, of course, is Gene Chandler. Bet you never thought 
talk about betting, too. Yeah, the insurance company is betting they're not going to pay out, and you're betting that, oh, you might have that accident or that incident or that robbery or whatever untoward event is in your future. Yeah, so can you get the odds more in your favor? Maybe so. And we're talking with Jeff Arnold on how to beat your insurance company. And you go to Raleigh.net, get a good price on Amazon for that one. Uh, Gene Chandler was 1966 on Constellation, and it was a B-side to Baby That's Love, and unfortunately neither of them charted. All right, so we've been talking about car insurance, but certainly uh, that's uh, that's only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to being insured. And uh, your book is great because it points out so many things, not only how to save money, but for instance, the average household, maybe they didn't tell the agent about the same. Bernard, because it never occurred to them they had to. How important is it, especially if you're never asked, to tell your agent, by the way, we've got a 150-pound dog? It's a great question. Uh, Just a quick laundry list, a short laundry list of uh, claims problems that policyholders experience with insurance companies, you know, too late at claims time, right? So the claims already happened, and now they're finding out. Um, the biggest one's uh, trampoline that they failed to tell the um, insurance company about, and someone's just broken a leg or oh, has become you know, partially paralyzed or even worse. Um, dogs, after the dog has bit someone, and many companies in every state have a list of excluded dogs, rightly or wrongly, however you want to take that up with the Humane Society or whatever, there are a list of excluded dogs from most, if not all, insurance companies. And if yours is one of those, and you did not disclose it, right, you omitted that, um, it's probably not going to be covered at claims time if it bites someone. Um, the, the next one, uh, as odd as it sounds, is, uh, yeah, I have a swimming pool, but I don't have a diving board. Diving boards are a big problem. A lot of companies uh, don't insure those. And then the last one is, uh, especially now in the pandemic, uh, yeah, my entire business has run out of my home and uh, all of my my business equipment is stolen or what have you, and I want to file that claim on my home (laughs) insurance. So just a quick, short laundry list of some that will cause you a lot of problems at claims time with your church company. Yeah, you're, you're so right about business equipment, and it behooves you if you're working from home to have separate policies for, for business and personal, because business won't cover the personal stuff any more than your personal policy will cover the business stuff. And uh, I know you bring this up in your book, but the hardest thing for most people is documentation. Uh, you know, some things aren't going to be covered anyway. I've got a few hundred thousand record albums and even more singles. Well, I know if anything wow. happens to them, Forget about it, uh, because there'd be there'd be no way to do that. So I don't bother. But most people don't realize that things that aren't of that magnitude still, if they can't prove they've got it, and if it's something that could be considered a collectible, they may not be covered on the face of it. Absolutely true. There's special limits <clears throat> built into every home insurance policy. You know, this is where a lot of people like to go to sleep because it's boring, but, but this is the stuff to know, the knowledge you want to peel out of these kind of conversations. And those special limits exist on your record collection, your art collection, your gun collection, your jewelry. They're very, <clears throat> excuse me, they're very low limits. Um, typically $1,000 to $5,000 limits. And once that's paid out, that's it. I mean, you, you can only threaten to sue them. There's nothing that you can do because the policy came with limits. Right. And we see this mostly in jewelry and guns and collectibles, like you said, baseball cards, right. um, 
uh, record collection. So, Comic yeah. book, sure, any any of that. And uh, it's amazing to me that people aren't aware of that. Of course, if they go ahead and get true appraisals, which can be very pricey, and listed as a schedule and pay the additional premium, they can be covered. But then this gets into the heart of the blurb in your book that said you were spending half a million bucks on, on coverage. So there uh, there comes a point where maybe you don't want to uh, uh, don't want to bet against the insurance company for that. All right, I've got a million more questions, but they're lining up. So Graham in New Jersey, welcome to WGN Radio. Now let me make sure that I get Graham on a different line. And there you are, Graham. Hey, how are you tonight? All right, how about yourself? Okay, well, a few years ago, I had a uh, go-go dancer run into the back of my uh, car carrier over in Turnersville on in west southwestern Jersey. Now, this this and woman I, this woman was in a car, right? This isn't one of these things like you collided <laughs> with her private parts, right? Because I've seen those. No, lessons. no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. She was in her car, right. and the lady, the lady. Uh, I, lady and her daughter turned around to tell the cops that this lady was driving really poorly and then she ran into the back of my trailer at a red light mm-hmm. and um i knew she was a dancer and one of the reasons why was because two guys from a local garage got there before the cops oh no they recognized her <laughs> no no she oh. called them for help because they oh. worked at a local repair shop okay. and they tried to they tried to um, to get the car towed to their shop versus having it, uh, you know, get towed by the cops and then have to pay them to get the car back. Uh-huh. And she had dollar a day insurance. Uh huh. Was it real? Wait a minute. A Was it really called that? Well, that's what the insurance agents call it. Is oh, dollar okay, a day? It, right. cost <laughs> about, it cost about three hundred and seventy-five dollars to insure a car. For a year. And the only limits they have is five thousand dollars if they if she'd run me over and killed me while I was loading, my wife would have gotten five thousand dollars. Oh man. Well, you know, sometimes so there, sometimes it's better if they're actually killing someone. It's when they maim them that the big big money starts kicking in. But either way, that oh, would have yeah. been five thousand too. So uh that was the underinsured it, protection. Did you have any? Oh, of course, because okay. it was on my commercial truck. Okay. So I had I had a you know the million dollar general liability, the million dollar automotive liability, uh, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars cargo, plus mm-hmm. whatever was uh, was on the uh, for the uninsured motorist, and that's what ended up uh, picking up the repair on the um, picking up the repair on the trailer because they did about. Um, $8,000 worth of damage to the car trailer. Wow. All right. You know, bent one of the main beams on the suspension. And then I I got bumped by another guy who ripped my driver's side door off in Jersey City uh, with the hook for the the handle for the tarp for his little dump truck. <laughs> and I, I got him in a little bit of trouble because when the insurance company, we had the same company, we both had Progressive. He was trying to, they were trying to contact him. He had his dump truck insured at his house in upstate New York and not at his business in Jersey City. Oh, boy, that's just what I was saying before. All right, well, I'm glad it worked out, uh, Graham. I want you to call me back next hour because I want to talk about XK Jaguars, and you'll know about them, so call me back. Okay. 
All right, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, my, my husband was thinking about one of those, and I have to stop him. But anyway, we are we're talking <laughs> insurance here, and I'm talking with Jeff Arnold, and you can go to jeffarnold.com. We'll get to Donovan in Vancouver, and uh, he uh, he says he's an insurance broker. I never knew that. Usually we just talk R&B oldies, so we'll find out about that. But are you overpaying? Are you undercovered? Do you have any specific questions? And no, God, let's not talk health insurance. All right, my blood pressure is too high for that. 888 593 is Holman, of course, am I a loser? Well, it seems like winners and losers in the insurance game, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. And How to Beat Your Insurance Company is the book. Jeff Arnold is the author. He is an insurance agent. You can check him out more than that. And a brokerage and a lot more with a lot of experience. And oh yeah, the, the hour won't go by that I don't bring out the dreaded T-word telematics. Oh my God. And uh, and more. But uh, in the meantime, we'll uh, we'll take your calls as well. 888-876-5593-8888. Raleigh, Eddie Holman, Am I a Loser? Was on Parkway in 1966 and got to number 17 on the R&B charts. Didn't chart pop. All right. So, Jeff, we've got Donovan in Vancouver. Welcome to WGN Donovan. Hi, Raleigh. Good to be back on the show. Thank you. Um, so I, uh, I think I've, I have mentioned this once to you before, I think before Christmas, but uh, I am have been an insurance broker for the past uh, 12 years or so at, um, we call it something different in Canada. We're, we're not a, we, we represent several different companies, so we're not a direct writer. We, we have uh, multiple different companies. Um, um, and the one thing I've got to uh, point out is, and I'm sure you would agree with me on this, uh, Jeff, I think there's got to be some onus put on um, the broker uh, to educate clients when the renewals come out. So as an example, when we send out our renewal packages every year, we include kind of a covering letter listing all the different potential coverages available to them. Um, 
as well as indicating uh, that there are certain special limits uh, in all of our policies and that the client themselves should uh, read the policy to um, uh, get a handle on those. Is that something that, that you would, I, as being a broker for many years, advise doing as well? Yeah, absolutely. Th- thanks for calling. I love your by the way. Uh, I've been, been there three times and love it. Uh, oh, you. Know, we have to. We, we have a duty, an obligation to fully disclose all of this information, and all the great ones do. And in many states, it's a requirement, right? I don't know about Canada, so I'm not sure. But um, uh, it, in most of the states, it's a requirement. Um, that being said, I think you know. Sadly. Um, most policyholders are driven straight to the dollar amount because of uh, what Raleigh said in the beginning. There's billions of dollars of ads being said that if you'll just spend a couple minutes, you can save. And so it's, it, you know, the, it, the product is so commoditized now that it's just about price and the consumers aren't thinking, oh, if it's cheaper, you get what you pay for and might be getting less. They're just thinking, um, wrongly, of course, that, oh, uh, it's cheaper, I'm saving money, and, and all insurance is the same. So, yeah, brokers, agencies, captives, principals, they all have a duty and an obligation to, to, to educate uh, the consumers and educate their policyholders uh, as much as they can, right? Again, it's like we said, people like to go to sleep in this stuff, but it's really sexy, fun, and exciting if you, get, if you dig into it, right, and save money. Yeah. Well, I, I, and it might be slightly different in Canada. Like, I'm not sure if we have the same uh, number of, of companies uh, vying for those insurance dollars as you would in the States. And I think we probably have more independent brokerages uh, than, than direct writers. Um, I think the other point to, to make clear, and you're probably dealing this, with this right now, but um, for people listening, we're, uh, as insurance agents, in a very difficult market. We're in a hard market, uh, meaning that... Uh, there is way more demand for coverage, but uh, certain um, companies uh, are changing their appetites for especially things like, I'm not sure what you would call them in the States, but we would refer them to uh, as, as strata condo units, you know, when uh, um, a one building has uh, 40, 50 or more different owners. So that has become made our job as brokers all the more difficult and all the uh because of the uh the change in the marketplace and uh more reason to educate our clients is what we really can and can't do and why it's so important to disclose certain things absolutely you've touched on a great subject matter uh the capacity there's a capacity uh, max in, in in our industry and so what happens as you were referring to in a hard market um, you know, the listeners will hear hard market insurance firms are seeing rate increases, right? Um, and, and, you know, rightly so, most policyholders don't care that last year was the fifth worst year on record for weather losses for the insurance companies, right? It's like, well, that's the insurance company's problem. They've got all the money. But they only have so much, and after you know, dollars are peeled off for reinsurance and claims and everything else. There's only one way to get more money to make it profitable, and that's go back to the policyholders in the form of increased rates or rate increases, premium hikes. Um, it's but, but yeah, the habitational is the other piece you were talking about. This capacity capacity issues, the market's hardening. That translates into 
double-digit rate increases for anyone in the habitational or most small businesses, um, and it's because so many losses were paid out for weather. Now, last year as a whole, I'm going to geek out on you for a second. You know, claims were down because of all the uh, the um, uh, pandemic stuff, and everyone was home. They were driving less. Uh, claims frequently was way down. Some some claims uh, losses were down in that segment, but on the weather segment, it's much, much worse. All right, Donovan, thanks for bringing it up, and thanks for calling. Thanks, Raleigh. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's interesting when you're talking about rate increases, of course. The, the other thing is, I think some people think, well, the way insurance works is the company charges for the policies, and then they pay out for the claims. Uh, that They don't realize that the money that they take in has to work for them. And at the same time, they're a fiduciary, and that they can't get into terribly risky investments to do that. And when you've got interest rates that are narrowing 0%, that's the virtual rock in a hard place for how that money can work for the insurance company, because the, the policy itself won't pay off the claims i really i swear we've never talked before this but you are just, you are the wisest sharpest insurance person i've ever interviewed with fantastic <laughs> i uh this is i'm uh, i'm giddy with excitement you're you're absolutely right it's uh it's exciting that we're having this well and it's 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 actually frightening as hell but we'll forgo the last bumper as we only have a couple minutes left and we're talking with jeff arnold how to beat your insurance company i've got a link at raleigh.net and it is worth the read believe me you will find something in this book that you said i didn't know that and it might be exactly what saves you or go to jeffarnold.com and in the waning moments oh i'm tempted to talk about the health insurance industry but my blood pressure is already too high so we're not we're not going to go there. Instead, we're going to use the T word, telematics, that of course, as you know, Jeff, everybody is in on this subject and a lot of people are focusing on privacy rights and all of that. But what I want to know, yeah, you can save maybe 30% by being a good driver. Let's say you're a lousy driver. Is that in a database? Do, Do your rates actually increase from the standard rates? It can happen, and uh, first of all, thank you for touching on this subject. Uh, telematics is the, uh, the the latest industry buzzword, right? Yeah. Uh, that word is seldom used. It's usually called pay by the mile or pay as you drive. But the, the, the fancy word for it is telematics, and it's simply put this. If you drive less and you drive safe, You'll pay less, right? And and most people say between eighteen and twenty two percent. You can save up to thirty percent. Uh, one caveat here: uh, it pains me to say this. I'm sorry, but uh, women are saving more than men using this discount. Right? It hurts. It hurts bad. It hurts my ego. But uh, anyway, uh, you're killing it, ladies, and you're saving more than the men. And that's uh, that's enough of a dinner table conversation starter there. Well, well, yeah. Um, but but let's let's say they find out you're just you're just an absolute rotten. Driver, uh, you know, there's the standard premium. Do they actually go on top of the standard premium to say, well, in your case, it's thirty percent more? Yeah, so there is. It's a good question. Not every company does that. Uh, a few do uh, too. Uh, that say, okay, well, you're going to, you no longer get the discount, and in fact, it could be a surcharge rate of five percent or more. Right? Oh man, um, I, it's I, very I, rare because this is what scares people. If I have just a couple of seconds to talk about this, so. Um, you know, they're really tracking three things. And I'm an advocate for this, by the way. Uh, people are worried about Big Brother watching them. Uh, I can assure your listeners that 
your cell phone company is tracking way more, and Alexa's listening to way more than the insurance company's tracking. They're tracking speed, what times of day that you drive, and how hard you brake. That's the three, you know, the kind of the black box of secrets that they're that they're tracking. And if you're, you know, not jackrabbit, okay. starting, you know, or gunning I, it. And, I hate to do this, Jeff, ahead, but I I have an engineer who's tracking me who says if I don't break for top of the hour news, they're going to come and pour water on me, and I don't want to be wet. So we will do it again. And thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. Thank you. All right. So this is WGN Radio.